Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.app/breadbox. Holy smokes, Catholic review. Okay, we got Tony coming in in just a little bit. By the way, I'm Father Scott. And yeah, Tony will be here shortly. Uh probably uh we will be without Will tonight, but that's okay. Uh Tony and I can cover uh, I do have perhaps a quiz, a trivia. I know I said that last time and it didn't happen. Ah, but that's okay. Uh, but a cigar review for sure. A cigar review because I've smoked a couple of good cigars since last time. And uh, I'll be speaking about those. Um, so what's going on here? Well, uh, the churches are back open and uh, we are up to having at least 75 people in the church. So we're allowed up to 75 people for every Mass, which, you know, when your church holds 500, well, okay, but we'll do what we can. We'll take what we get. So here's how it's going to work. It's just going to be first come, first serve around here. So, you know, if you're the 76th person, uh, yeah, I hate to tell you this, but you won't be able to get in, but I'm going to add another mass on Saturday. So I'll have two Saturday evening masses. So at four o'clock and then five thirty, and, uh, then the three masses on Sunday. So eight, 10 and 12. So hopefully with that extra mass, then we can take those people and then thin things out a little bit. All right. So, um, yeah, it is just it's just because, you know, the the governor and her order and stuff. So closing everything down. But our um, a church is allowed to be. Well, you know, we've been having mass outside and the weather's been so awesome. So like today. OK, so what is this? The 17th of November right now? I'm walking around outside. Well, not right now. I'm sitting inside, but outside just moments ago. Uh, with just a short sleeve shirt on, uh, it's 70 degrees. Uh, and then on a Wednesday, that's, uh, tomorrow, uh, it'll be 72 and I think up to 75 on Wednesday now, um, or on Thursday. So on Wednesday, it's going to be, 
uh, I think uh, like 72 and then up to 75 on on Thursday. All right. So um, I've been. Oh, and I'll I'll get to it in a second, but I've got some tea times. OK, so uh, any case. Uh, so we've been having mass outside and it's been beautiful out in the grass. But now we can come inside and eventually, you know, the winter is going to come and it gets just too cold. And it's interesting. As soon as the sun, you know, goes down over the, the horizon, the temperature just drops. Uh, but the days are beautiful. So um, now I, uh, I mentioned, you know, the governor shutting things down. So, um, you know, uh, she closed down and I don't know why, but she closed down the uh, golf courses, but at least two of them. And they are on the uh, reservations. Uh, two of the golf courses have stayed open. So I do have tea times on Wednesday and on Thursday. So, yeah, I'm jazzed about that. So, you know, it's going to be 75 on Thursday and I have a tea time. Dude. Yeah. Doesn't get any better than that. What's going on? Uh, You know what next weekend is or this coming weekend? You know what it is? Uh, The Feast of Christ the King, which, by the way, is the last Sunday of Ordinary Time. It's the last Sunday of the year, and we celebrate the Feast of Christ the King. Uh, Some of you uh, who go here will remember the... um the uh, little thing that happened, the, uh, well, I'll tell you. So this, this image, like a shadow, uh, like an image of Christ appeared on our tabernacle cover. This was back in 2011. That happened the day after the feast of Christ, the King. Now, if you, if you want to know what I'm talking about, if you go to, um, YouTube and you look up Jesus face on tabernacle cloth and you can scroll down, it's like three or four down and there's the white cloth over the tabernacle. And then you can see the image and then you can decide for yourself. Okay. So that happened again on the day after the feast of Christ, the King that was back in 2011 and I was here when it appeared. So, uh, pretty amazing. So feast of Christ, the King this coming weekend, you know, what happens after that, the week after that, Advent, the purple season of Advent, uh, that's happening. And in between then, of course, Thanksgiving. And according to, uh, I guess, our leaders, our fearless leaders, we're not supposed to have Thanksgiving. I guess, well, you just can't have family over for Thanksgiving. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how that's going to work. But uh, so, um, yeah. So anyway, so they're saying do not have more than five people. I'm not sure if people are going to obey that one, but uh, we'll see. So those things are happening, and um, me playing golf in 75-degree weather. Can you believe it? Middle of November. But I guess maybe, you know, it's, you know, we're making a big deal out of it. But I remember, you know, many Thanksgivings when, you know, we were playing outside in short sleeve shirts. Uh, you know, what was it, two years ago that I played golf on Christmas Day? Golf courses were open. So I guess maybe it's not that big a deal. Okay, so uh, let's do the gospel, shall we? And this would be for last weekend, the thirty what thirty third weekend of ordinary time, and uh, the gospel was taken from Matthew's gospel. This would be twenty five fourteen through thirty. Here we go. It's a long one, so sit tight. Okay. You know the story, too. So Jesus told his disciples this parable. A man going on a journey called in his servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to a third one. To each according to his ability. Then he went away. Immediately the one who received five talents went and traded with them. 
and made another five. Likewise, the one who received two made another two. But the man who received one went off and dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came back and settled accounts with them. The one who had received five talents came forward, bringing the additional five. And he said, Master, you gave me five talents. See, I have made five more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come share your master's joy. Then the one who had received two talents also came forward and said, Master, you gave me two talents. See, I have made two more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. Then the one who had received one talent came forward and said, Master, I knew you were a demanding person, harvesting where you did not plant and gathering where you did not scatter. So out of fear I went off and buried your talent in the ground. Here it is back. His master said to him in reply, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I did not plant and gather where I did not scatter? Should you not have then put my money in the bank so that I could have gotten back with interest on my return? Now then, take the talent from him and give it to the one with ten. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will grow rich. But from the one who has not, even what little he has will be taken away. And throw this useless servant into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. There it is. By the way, once again, that's Matthew's Gospel twenty-five, fourteen through 30. Okay, so the first thing uh, to point out here, um, and if you were wondering what exactly was or is a talent, well, uh, in the Old Testament, a talent was a like a unit of measurement, I guess, for weighing precious metals, uh, usually silver or gold. Uh, but it's a bit different in the New Testament. A talent was uh, a value of money or a coin. All right, so uh, that's what that is. Okay, so... Um, now, listen, here we have a lesson about really about stewardship. OK, um, what do you do? And this is the question. What do you do with the gifts that God gives you? OK, your abilities, your talents. OK, when I say talent, I'm talking like, you know, the gift that God has given you. Perhaps you have a talent uh, and I'm not speaking about money, even though some people possess the gift of, you know, wealth as long as they are using that wealth for good things, right? So that's a good thing to do. All right, but uh, let me start out by saying this. So I have a friend, or I had a friend, uh, Father Rick Eldred, a very happy memory. He passed away this past March, but uh, attended the seminary with him. And um, so I remember this guy had, because before becoming a priest, he really had a gift. Well, he's a businessman, for one thing. But he had a gift, and I mean, a real gift, um, and you know, if you were to give this guy money, like say a dollar bill in the morning, he'd come back to you in the afternoon and give you a $20 bill. He just had this knack. Okay. Of making money. So, uh, uh, I remember when, when we were in the seminary together, I needed a new computer. So me, I would have just gone over to Best Buy and you know, how much is that? Well, 500 bucks and pay the money and leave. But uh, he said, don't, don't go buy anything unless you take me with you. So I took him 
And uh, so back and forth, we went between Best Buy and Circuit City back in those days and Office Max and just bopping around these three places. And we would go to one and then back to the other and back to the other one. And he's doing all this wheeling and dealing. And gee whiz, he saved me about $180. All right. So he just had this ability. All right, this gift, and he used it very well. So in this text today, we have the, uh, of course, the master uh, who gives the uh, servants, you know, to one, he entrusts, what is it, uh, five talents, and then at the end of the day, the guy comes back with ten, the other one is given two, and he gives, or he comes back with two extra, and then the one who receives one... Um, you know, he just goes and he doesn't know what to do with it. So he buries it in the ground. And in the end, uh, after the master, you know, he commends the other two, right? Oh, great job. You know, you, you had five, you made five more, you had two, you come back. Now there's four. This is great. And then the one who received just one talent, uh, you know, was kind of, um, well, you know, kicked out. You know, send him out into the darkness where there is wailing and grinding of teeth. Well, what does that point to? <laughs> you know, so uh, so, yeah, so you say every and and it's true. Look, you know, the one who is and our Lord said it, the one who has been given little, what little he has will be taken away. All right. So listen. As Catholics, as Christians, as Catholics, and especially we who are confirmed Catholics, we have received the fullness of the gift of of the Holy Spirit. Okay, we have been given the fullness of the gift of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, you know, there are gifts that uh, the Holy Spirit meets out. Uh, We all possess the uh, those uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit. You can look this up. I forget which uh, article in the catechism it is. But uh, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit and you know what they are. Okay, well, let's go down the list. Wisdom. Wisdom is knowledge of God's ways. Knowledge. Knowing, uh, understanding, and look, we can know something without understanding it. All right, so I know, listen, I know that when I turn on my radio or I watch TV, there's some signals uh, beaming through uh, the air. I can't see them, okay, but there they are, sound vibrations or whatever, and then I get sound through the radio or, you know, a picture on my television. I don't know how it happens. I don't understand it. But I I just know it. I just because I can see it. Okay, so uh, there's understanding. So to know something is one thing, but then to have understanding is quite another. And this applies also to, you know, knowledge of God and his ways. Counsel, you know, um, when I'm in a quandary or or let's say a a moment of, uh, you know, I have to make a decision. Okay, the Holy Spirit counsels me. I also can counsel another person. Uh, so wisdom, knowledge, understanding, counsel, fortitude. What is that? Well, look at the word fort means stronghold. So to become strong, uh, piety, that's reverence. Yeah. How do you carry yourself? You know, and then finally fear of the Lord. Those are the seven uh, gifts of the Holy spirit. Once again, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, counsel, fortitude, piety, and fear of the Lord. By the way, fear of the Lord doesn't mean that we're, you know, we go before the Lord in the tabernacle and we're shaking in our boots you know, oh my gosh, no, uh, not at all. So it just, look, it's that respect, you know, um, like the child who respects and loves and has fear of his father. It's a good, healthy respect. Okay. Uh, to, to have fear of the Lord means this, to, to recognize one's place before God, that God is big, very big, 
and that uh, the person is just nothing, but nonetheless loved and called by God. And, um, you know, by the way, um, you know, if a, if a child fears his or her father because the dad is just, uh, you know, an abuser and beats the kid, well, that's not fear of dad. That's that's uh, yeah. Well, that's that's being afraid of. That's being terrified of dad. Uh, but good, holy and and godly fear, you know, if the kid who loves and respects his father and doesn't want to see his father get hurt, uh, get hurt. Uh, so the kid like has a, a report card that's not so good and uh, he, he doesn't want to let dad down. So, you know, he's he, you know, he's embarrassed to show him the, the report card. So same thing here. It's not that we're afraid of God, you know, burning us to the ground. Uh, but uh, this great respect and love and, you know, just this desire, that's what it should be not to ever offend the Lord. So those are the gifts of the Spirit. And we all receive those, the fullness of which we receive the Holy Spirit, the fullness of who we receive at uh, the sacrament of, of confirmation. Now, there are what we call charismatic gifts. OK, and uh, these are meted out uh, to different people, various people, and to one is given a gift that's not given to another person. Some people receive multiple gifts, some receive one, but uh, not everybody has these same gifts. And the idea, I think the idea is like, you know, the fingers on a hand all work together. The thumb doesn't do what the index finger does. OK, the the index finger doesn't do what the, the ring or the uh, pinky finger does, but all the fingers work together. OK, to to accomplish something. OK, so uh, different, uh, you know, gifts that we're all given and we work together to accomplish great things. OK, so these are different gifts and some people might, you know, receive the gift of healing. And so they become doctors and nurses and EMTs and such. Uh, I would include also police officers in this because, you know, they're all about protecting human life. That's their job. Okay, and um, and all right, there's been some exceptions we know, right? I don't want to go into that, but uh, you know, I know um, I know so many police officers who have saved so many lives, right? Heroic people, right? So, um, any case, so uh, to be a healer, but you know, not just uh, those who can you know heal physically, but you know, there's those who suffer emotionally. So perhaps you're a person who has been given the gift of uh, you know, listening and um, being, uh, you know, um, understanding and, and, and being able to help a person through whatever problem you see. So also, you know, there's there's people who can, you know, spiritual healing, you know, priests have that ability. So do deacons to some degree, but priests, you know, through the sacrament of reconciliation and so on. As a priest, I've been given the gift of uh, being able to confect the Eucharist, to change bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ. I also have the gift of being able to absolve from sin, a person from sin, and also the gift of anointing of the sick. Okay, so uh, perhaps you don't have that gift. I have that gift, but you have gifts that I don't have. And maybe your gift is teaching. Okay, maybe you've been given that ability, like Tony, you know, he's got that gift, just comes, it seems to just come naturally to him. Um, But uh, so we all have, you know, uh, these different gifts. Now, here's the question, and this applies to the gospel. You know, these gifts that we are given by the Spirit, how are we using these gifts? I mentioned earlier, you know, wealth can be a gift. And uh, today, by the way, and then yesterday, uh, we celebrated, yesterday was the Feast of Margaret of Scotland today, the Feast of um, Elizabeth of Hungary, 
who was married to a very wealthy man after her husband died. She uh, had great wealth, and she used it to help the poor, to build hospitals, to serve those who were sick and suffering. Um, So, you know, uh, wealth can be a gift, but that gift has to be used to build up the kingdom of God on earth, okay? Not to be hoarded and and blown on, uh, well, just any number of things. You know, people waste money. But when we use those good things that God gives us to do good things, then, uh, you know, okay, so look, God gives us talents. He gives us skills. So what are we using or what are we doing with these gifts? Okay, so like say the person who's given the gift of teaching, right? Are they volunteer? Does that person volunteer like say the church uh, teaching religious education or confirmation? You know, uh, the person who has been given the gift of um being a good listener and understanding, uh, does that person turn uh, a blind ear or uh, turn, uh, is that right, blind, uh, but turn an ear uh, to the person who is like, okay, so the person in, in need calls, you know, the person, does that person look at the phone and, and, and then, oh, look who's calling and then, no, I don't have time for this today, you know. Um, you know, the person who has been given the gift of healing, you know, um, so, uh, perhaps there is a, an occasion where they have the opportunity to help somebody and, you know, do they help them or do they turn a blind eye to it? You know, so how are we using, that's the question, how these gifts that we have been given our talents, uh, how do we use in our skills, God given, right? How do we, how do we use these, these gifts every day? Okay. Are, are we using them? Are we producing? That's the the question. Are we producing good fruits? Because you know what? When we die, we go before the Lord and our hands are going to have to be full of good deeds done for our brothers and sisters. Okay? So, and and I can show you from Scripture, doesn't matter what any Protestant says, I can show you from Scripture uh, where we are taught that we are judged in the end according to our deeds. Okay? So, uh, True. Yes, we have to have faith. Yes, we worship Jesus, all of those things. But also, you know what? What good is it? And this is the theology of St. James. What good is it to profess faith in Christ if that faith is not, you know, proven through works? Oh, yeah, I love. Oh, yeah, there's the guy, uh, you know, who's suffering. And I have this opportunity to help that person. Oh, I'm such a good Christian. Oh, yeah, I believe in Jesus. But then I ignore that person who needs my help. All right. Hmm. Problem, problem, danger, Will Robinson, it's a problem. Okay, so no good, NG, all right, NG, no good. All right, so that's the lesson today. We are given these gifts, these great gifts by the Spirit. So not only these seven gifts of the Spirit, but charismatic, you know, gifts, different people, different gifts. And um, we're called to produce many good fruits. But, uh, you know, so what? Do we, are we like the one, you know, the person who's given five talents and then comes back with five more or two and comes back with two more? Or that one person, that uh, dude who just buried it and did nothing. He did nothing. Okay. And then what happened? Uh, the, the, the talent was taken away. And by the way, what Jesus said about this, um, what did he say? Uh, those who have been given much, much will be required. Well, you tell me something who has been given more than the Catholic person. We have it all. We have the full deposit of faith. We have the seven sacraments. We have, uh, you know, uh, our relationship with our lady, our saints, we have the cult of saints. We have everything. The fullness of it all. We have the Eucharist. Okay, the Eucharist. 
So what are we what are we doing with this great gift that we have, our faith and the grace? Right? So um we better be every day, you know, producing these fruits. Uh, because it's true, we will be held accountable. And you know what, by the way, uh, since I'm on this, it's a good idea because it hits me once in a while. Oh, I like to think myself, oh yeah, I celebrate a beautiful mass and I do. I do. Uh, yeah, I'm pro-life, you know, but you know, it hit me the other day. I might be pro-life and I might celebrate a beautiful mass and I hear lots of confessions and I baptize babies and I married couples and I prepare couples for marriage and I do all these things. But, um, you know, there are times when uh, I've just because of, you know, laziness or uh, just selfishness where I had an opportunity or, uh, you know, uh, perhaps the Lord was calling me to help somebody in need and um, I shuffled them off to somebody else or didn't attend to them, you know. So those are opportunities missed. So, you know, we pat ourselves on the back. Oh, we're so good and all this stuff. But uh, so my point is this. Pray to the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, show me those things where I'm lacking. Show me where I'm lacking. And uh, he'll do it. All right. So then, you know what? And don't panic when he shows you, okay, here's where you're failing. Don't panic. Listen, if your car gets a flat tire, do you freak out? No, you just change it. You fix it. So if there's a problem, just fix it. Okay, I'm lacking. I'm lacking here. I'm I'm lacking charity and generosity here. All right. Well, you know what? Just fix it. That's all. Just fix it. And then move on and then grow. Okay. And start producing those fruits. Okay. That's it. Okay. So I got a uh, email from our good friend up there in Massachusetts who listens uh, to our podcast. I'll be reading that a little bit, but uh, he brings up last week's program. Uh, we got into a little bit of discussion concerning rock and roll um, and um, some of our favorite bands and so on. Uh, now, by the way, I I, um, I just want you to hear something, okay? You Pink Floyd people who think that The Wall was like their only album or Dark Side of the Moon. Listen to this. that awesome you know that old pink floyd stuff that's like 1967 when they had sid barrett sid barrett uh i think uh the song wish you were here is about him the wall i think has something to do with you know like his life but uh, he's passed away now but um yeah that stuff that old pink floyd stuff from 1967 is just in you know the early days 68 psychedelic just the coolest stuff so um, I know, um, you know, you might think many people, oh, you know, the wall or dark side of the moon. But if you want a thrill, check out that old stuff. It's just so good. It's so raw and just so primitive and just it's just smoking. All right. Smoking. Now, speaking of smoking. Here's Tony. What's going on? Mm, nothing. That was a uh, curious um, little little tangent you went on there with Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd. I don't quite know. Maybe I'd have to listen to the rest of the beginning of this podcast to understand why in the world you got onto the subject of Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd. Okay. Remember last week's podcast? Uh huh. We yeah. had the uh, the the juxtapositions. Right. Yeah. The various rock and roll juxtapositions. 
Right. So we, uh-huh. you know, we it did. was. Who and then one it? of them was Pink, like, Fly, Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, right? I, I can't remember I back know. that far. It's a week ago, dude. Yeah, it was a long time. There's some water under the bridge at this point. Yeah. So, so um, we were getting on that. And so that made you, something made you think about that, though. So our friend from, uh, you know, Ted Coville from uh, Massachusetts. Uh huh. Yeah, it did. So uh, he he writes, uh, hey, guys, Boston over Chicago. Boston was my first concert, so I am partial to that band. Really? Well, and he's from Boston. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, that totally makes sense. Partial to that band. Birds over the Eagles, especially in the later years when the birds went country. Bluegrass nice. when Graham Parsons joined the band. Wow. In your opinions, what would be the best biblical band name? The Sons of Thunder? Huh. The... Nathenum or the bad girl band name Daughters of Noah. Nathenum? What is that? The Nef, Nef, I think he's referring to the Nephim. Okay. The, those are the, that's mentioned in, um, I believe it's the book of Genesis. Yeah, and Sons of Thunder would be cool. I name. think Sons of Thunder would be a great metal band name. I'm surprised yeah. that isn't out there somewhere. Sons of Thunder. See, you wouldn't if you were like in a in a uh, like a, a, a like a um, what's a word I'm looking for? Like a folk group. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't name your folk group Sons of Thunder, would you? No, you totally wouldn't. No, um, you would not. You would not name them that. You might name them something. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Like um, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Yeah, if maybe it's like, that, a folk. like that. I could see that being a folk group name you know my uh, favorite band name for a band and it's not a band what's that wicked ass chainsaw that's gonna be a band if i were to form a band it would be wicked ass chainsaw <laughs> <laughs> i was in a band called acoustic chainsaw oh is that right yeah liar back in college no i swear you don't even play an instrument hand to god what do you what, what, what do you mean i don't play an instrument well what what you instrument? Are, well what how instrument long have we known play? each other what um, do you play drums you play drums? Yes. How come I never knew this? I grew up playing drums. You? Absolutely. I can I can carry a beat, bro. Wow. Yep. For several years of my life, that was uh, that was what I did, man. I was a drummer. Yeah. yeah. Somebody well, that's cool. somebody told me that they got all the chicks, so that's why I became drummers. A drummer. <laughs> drummers get all the chicks. <laughs> Maybe that's why I never got all the chicks. No, actually, I was a you were not a guitar drummer. player. Yeah, you were a guitar player, man. Not a very good one. Well, I, uh, yeah, no, I, you know, I joined the band and the school and then they <coughs> tried to turn me into a trumpet player, which would have been cool. But then I told them, I really want to play the drums. And I insisted because my oldest brother had gone through the same rigmarole. He got talked into playing the trumpet instead of the drums. But he told me, when you go in there, don't let them talk you into the trumpet. So I didn't. And I became a drummer and I did that for like, goodness gracious. About seven years formally. Yeah. And then uh, after that, probably another four years. So, uh, oh, God, who's the, who's the uh, artist um, <clears throat> who does the song, I Don't Want to Work, I Just Want to Bang on the Drum All Day? Who is that? I don't want to work. Who is that? I just want to bang on the drum. <clears throat> Todd Rundgren. Was it? Yeah, Todd Rundgren. Okay, there you go. Love that song. Good call. The lyrics are a hoot, man. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love that song. Fun. I saw him. We played with uh, Ringo Starr. Right. So Ringo was here, you know, all-star band, and Todd Rundgren was part of right. it. Right. Yeah. No kidding. Yep. Yeah, you've probably seen uh, quite a bit. Yeah. You know, with your uh, past life. Uh-huh. 
That is a true story. So what else is going on, man? Well, what else um, is going on in the news? Yeah, Anything? well, uh, yeah, well the, the, the country remains in turmoil. Well, let's get back the to that. Let's let's get turmoil. back. Let's get back to the turmoil. The, let's 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 talk about this real quick. Okay, because you have something so from, on your you have something from, called up on your phone from Zach Gard. Oh yeah, remember so, last week's yeah. conversation well, about those the volcanoes? You, for those of you, oh boy. By the way, I suspect that's the only part of that message you saw. <laughs> Until until I drew your attention to the more serious part of the message after he just basically lifted up your ego. Yeah, yeah. He inflated your ego and you just stopped reading beyond at that point. You were just like, see, see, I was right. Go ahead and read it. Okay, well, because I made the point that at that uh, explosion that happened many, many thousands of years ago. Right. At, uh, in the city of Pompeii. No, no. Just right here, just down the street, we can see it from here. Mm-hmm. We can see Hamas Mountain. Right. It was a volcano. Still is. Still right. active. Still considered active. So uh, they've been finding fragments. They have found, like geologists have found fragments of rock from this mountain in Canada. So he writes, okay. uh, hey, listen, uh, I listened to the podcast and you can tell Tony and Will that it is an accepted fact that fragments of Vias uh, Caldera have been found all over the U.S. and Canada. There you go. And it comes from Zach Gard, who is the, uh, you know, you think you know everything? I like, you think you are the guy who knows everything? I don't think that. Oh no, Will's the guy who thinks. But I, that. I like I like Zach Gard. He's a good guy. Yeah. So are you? Why are do you... we? Why do we assume that he knows? <laughs> He's not even from New Mexico. <laughs> God bless you, Zach. I'm not. I'm not. I'm actually not disagreeing with you, but I'm just challenging Father in a devil's advocate sort of way to ask him why we have put Zach in this awkward position of the authority. No, of I something didn't put like him this. in that position. He's he texted me. He put himself in this position. Why are you using him as a source? Because <laughs> I like him and he knows things. He does know things. Besides, he agrees with me. Uh, shoot. So anytime anybody funny. agrees with me, I, I take it. That's I, I pretty take funny. It. Well, um, I, I'm, on, I'm on board. So I'll listen, go with it. I, I trust Zach. I, uh, I, I trust him. I trust yeah. his word. I believe that he probably has read more than me. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I'm sure there's some stuff that belongs in New Mexico that's actually up there in Canada right now. Mm-hmm. Like the rocks and the dirt. Mm-hmm. Not sure how it all got there, but yep, I'm sure there was a way. There was a big bang many years ago. It went all the way up into outer space, Yep, he said. Yeah. Speaking of space, four more Americans, space X, spacemen. Yeah. They went up into uh, they went up to outer space. Isn't it crazy that we've reached this point? And you know, our ancestors would have just been mesmerized by the idea that we could send people into outer space and then to hook up with the International Space Station and then spend time up there uh, orbiting the Earth. Just fascinating how much things continue to change and progress. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, some things never change, like the essence of mankind and so forth, but in their relationship to God. But um, it is pretty fascinating, the technology, the sciences, the way things progress. Yeah, it's great. It's really great. Well, so tonight, I don't know if you the, mentioned or the the, uh, the listeners might notice that there's no will tonight. Will is absent from our presence. Where there's no will, there's no way. That's right. That's right. There's no way we're going to get through this podcast <clears throat> without him. Of course, we're we're broadcasting a little bit earlier um, tonight, and so he just simply wasn't able to make it. He's got all those artisanal antibacterials to be making for Annie. 
Annie. Yeah. Annie Annie's bacterial. Yeah, he's got a new one coming out, and it might be dangerous to the... Well, I mean, we already mentioned that they, they make their uh, antibacterials so that they're they're edible, they're digestible. But this new one's going to be a real temptation for the kids because it's kind of it's got a sweet edge to it. It's called salted caramel, <laughs> salted caramel sanitizer, mm. and it's uh, you know it's mostly for surfaces, you know, countertops, mm-hmm. toilet seats, etc. Mm-hmm. So, can you lick the rag when you're done? Because I it's hope not. Salted caramel. Yeah, I don't think it would be wise. I don't not considering how much uh, bacteria you might pick up while also wiping the antibacterial. So that's going on. And uh, what else is in the news? Um, So we've got some, so we've already settled your, your turmoil. We've settled your dispute. Zach guard came down, Mm -hmm. came down hard against Will and I, against Will and me. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I don't know if he came down on you, but I feel uh, like, well, the hammer was dropped. Well, do you feel slighted by him? No, not at all. I never felt slighted by Zach. He's a good dude. Everybody really loved his uh, conversion story. Yeah. And I I have to say, like, there is nothing more powerful than just personal testimony and witness. It really is a special thing. And uh, it's always very special when people like Zach are are willing to be, um, you know, are willing to be open and share parts of their lives. So. It's a great gift to the community, and um, it's a great gift to the church. So we're very thankful for that, and we're also very sad that he's now back in the Great Plains area, yeah. Kansas or Missouri or somewhere. But like listen, that. we're we're waiting for him to move back. The door is always open, always open. That's right. We, uh, we New Mexico people, welcomes you with open arms. People, you know, it's funny. When I first came to New Mexico, I didn't appreciate it for at least a year and a half, two years maybe. Well, it's brown. Yeah, it's just when it's you come, desert. It's the desert, and it's the mountains. You, if you want green, you got to go up north. It's a very unique place. <laughs> well, speaking of north, um, the the uh, the La Nina is happening this year. We're hoping for some good snow, but we're not sure if we're going to get it. And never mind the fact that this virus pandemic okay. Even lockdown if they're open, quarantine yeah, it's thing not going to happen because so, the governor shut everything down. That's true. Well, we I've heard that she's a skier, so we're kind of crossing our fingers and hoping that she'll cooperate with the mountain. Yeah. I got to get back up there and to teach some people how to ski. And of course, I've got to get up there to try out, mm-hmm. you know, try out some of my new used skis that I've picked up in the off season. Right, but I'm you excited. have to have you have to have snow first. Got to have some snow. So and what we do so is far, we we blow snow, right? We man made snow. You have these mm-hmm. huge uh, pipelines that feed into these like thousands of uh, thousands of pounds per square inch pressurized. Um, water machines that when they shoot the water out into the air, it's so cold that it freezes instantly and then mm-hmm. falls as snow. Yeah, but it's been so warm here lately. It has. It's Probably not in the mountains, but like in the nighttime in the mountains, I'm sure it's freezing. I'm sure of it. So they've, you know, they've been putting some dust up there. We'll see how much it covers. I don't uh, know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the governor has shut everything down. Uh, there's a couple of golf courses that remain open, though, and they're on the reservations. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. I have tea times tomorrow and Thursday. Oh, I see, because they operate under a different governance mm-hmm. on the reservations. That's I right. see, I see. And I think, huh. you know, golf courses are safe. You just, you know, yeah, no well, you know, this guy hits his ball over there, you hit your ball over there. It's Any activity outdoors, right? I yeah, any so. activity outdoors should be good. But the numbers are crazy. I mean, 2,000-some people today in New Mexico. Getting, getting, getting tested positive? Yeah. Yeah. You heard about Elon Musk, right? He had four tests in one day. Two uh-huh. were positive. Two were negative. Yeah, I know. See, you th- you you don't bolt. You're, you're just not buying it. You think it's all it's not that I scam. don't buy it. It's just that I don't think that it's unique. 
I think it's about as unique as Ebola and flu, whatever, and pig flu. And I think all of them are unique. And because they're all unique, none of them are unique. Here's the story about humanity. We started out in the beginning, in the beginning (laughs) (laughs) and ever since creation and then people start spreading and then you have more global interaction. And I was telling somebody the other night, I was thinking this really could just be a natural phenomenon that occurs when uh, various cultures and nationalities collide. So like when you had explorers coming to the new world, you had spread of disease. Correct. Go figure. And then, of course, they blame the explorers. Like, oh, they're big, bad explorers because they brought. No, it's just what happens when you start to have international trade and commerce and interaction and so sure. forth. It's bound to happen because humans want to be around other humans. That's our innate nature. Well, as a result, then what's going to happen? Well, the various immunologies of the various peoples aren't going to be able to handle what those what they you know i mean what the other people are bringing and vice versa right no doubt like the explorers that came to the new world probably experienced things that the the people in the new world had we can't think that it was like somehow like some pure you know genetic code that was being interfered upon that's impossible so what happens is then um in my opinion that there could just be a very natural explanation that the more we interact in international circles that Stuff starts spreading, new stuff starts spreading. And I don't know about all the conspiracies and stuff about this being man-made, whatever. Here's the thing. We are going to, this is, we are going to see bacterias and viruses of new names for time immemorial is all I'm saying. And so I'm not freaking out. I'm not freaking out. And I never, by the way, just as a policy, this has always been true as a person of faith. I've never um, wanted, it reminds me of, uh, of uh, Padre Pio, you know what I mean? He's like, pray, don't worry. Mm-hmm. And then pray, hope, I, and I forget. I forget what else. What other saying? Something about like, don't don't let people push you around, cause you anxiety, or don't let people take you off of your your out of your place of peace. Well, anyway, so that's my program. I I just don't get. I don't let other people's anxiety become my anxiety. I just I insist for myself in this lifetime mm. on a program of peace. Now. In addition to that, let me just say a little disclaimer. So I don't, as a result of that, I'm not starting fights. I'm not dying on hills, you know, over this or anything like that. My program, and I've told all my friends, my program is I don't have a program for the virus personally. Yeah, but you have no program for anything. I'm a very COVID safe person. And I mean, like my circles are small and the people I see on a regular basis are like few. And it's just, you know, my life is a safe, quote unquote, safe reality. Okay. So my program, which is not really a program for anything is, is to honor and respect other people's programs. So if my boss at work wants me to do certain things, if people at work wants me to do certain things, if my friends or whatever, they want me to do certain things, or they, they, they prefer, let's say I go to their house and they want me to wear a mask inside their house. You just do it. If I love them and they're my friends, then I, I'm not going to die on that hill. It's just like, all right, fine, whatever. I'm not, that's not my program, but I respect them and I respect whatever concerns they might have. Even if I think they're un, unfounded, I respect whatever concerns they have. And so I'm going to abide by their program. Well, I'm glad you said that because uh, anytime I ask you, hey, Tony, can you put your mask on or, or Tony, when you cough, can you? You never like, do that. Could you? I like, always, uh, 
Could, hey, Tony, could you like, you know, put your arm up to you and then I get the dirty look. What is let this me, about? Let me just say, I respect most And then I get a lecture of, of <laughs> you know, it's all, of, you know, scammed out, all this stuff. Well, I just feel like there's a peer pressure to like jump on board with it. And, um, and I'm just, I'm, I'm letting people know that I'm not going to be jumping on board, but I'm not going to be causing trouble or resisting or whatever. I'm just going to, and I'm not saying I'm like, again, like I'm not, you know, I'm not voting on the issue i'm not voting for or against i'm just doing my thing living my life and living in peace and then when when it becomes an issue you know and i'm and it's an opportunity for me to respect other people's space then i do that now if someone came into my house into my onto my territory and insisted that i play by their program i'd be like no way jose this is my this is my house this is my space remember that myspace.com mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That thing, bombed. Yeah. That, that thing bombed. Um, that, that went by the wayside. So you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not freaking out. I'm not jumping on board. I'm just respecting other people's programs, whatever. If they let me know what their program is, I'll go along with it. It's fine. I'm not trying to, and I'm not going to like, you know, it's not to the point where I feel like I have to die on that hill or, you know, bear arms against the government just yet. Yeah, so. I hear what you're saying. I'm glad now, you when said. It gets, when it gets crazy, now, if it ever were to get crazy and there were to be like, if it were push come to shove, then obviously I'd take a tighter stand. But Now, I'm glad you uh, brought up, and you, you said it, you're not voting. Well, let me tell you, I'm not sure I'm going to be voting in the future because of its, you know, thing is so wacky, our system. Of course, I'm talking about another kind of vote. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Any case, I want to mention this, that, you know, when we're talking about the pandemic, it's true, right? You go down to Mexico and you can't drink the water because you get sick, but they drink the water and they're not sick. So if you move down there, eventually you would become immune to the water and you'd be able to drink it. Right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, we have to remember that, like, again, I just, yeah, what I'm, besides, of course, maintaining my own personal peace, I, I am an advocate of avoiding fear. We we operate by too many fears as it is, and well, you can't live in. And fear. We need to we need to maybe let go a little. If bit If you of live that. in fear, you might as well just you know curl up in the closet for the rest and, of your life. Yeah, as a person of faith, it's important. Dude, Howard Hughes. What about him? He he lived in fear. He was a germaphobe. He was deathly afraid of getting sick. Yeah, and it, you know like, that's just one fear. That's just one fear that a lot of people are talking about these days. But there's other fears. You know, fears in relationships, fears in living life. Mm-hmm. I, and this is the other thing I've realized as a 47-year-old man whose parents are both in the next life. There ain't that much time to waste. Yeah. I, I, there I, isn't that much time to waste. People are like, oh, no, no, we'll get around to it in five years. It's like, dude. No, do it now. You don't. That's a bad gamble. Because you do not know. That's a bad gamble. You do not know the day or the hour and like a thief, I will come for you. That's right. And Jesus, you know, that, that story he told about the, the, the guy who built the barns to hold all his stuff, Yeah, you know, and uh, you fool, did you not know that, uh, you know, your life would be accounted for tonight? You know? Yeah. This is it. Yeah. So I agree with you. So it's yeah, that it's old just, Miller. So that, like, when Jesus is talking about it, hold that thought. When Jesus is talking about those, you know, warnings about like, you know, you the thief in the night and so forth. It's not just like hole up, you know, like get yourself holed up in your house, protected, confessed, 
full of sacramental grace, clutching your holy water bottle and so forth. It's also about just living your, yeah, you your live. living your dang life. And then like in like mending relationships and telling people you love them when you mm-hmm. have never told them and mm-hmm. you ought to, mm-hmm. or going and enjoying some part of this earthly life to prove to God that you're thankful that he gave you life for God's sake. Um, it's not just about like, you know, not just about like living for heaven. And so I'm going to like prevent myself from living on this earth. It's about, you know, it's about living this life well in a masterful way such that you, you know, then you're able to be on path for um, the next life. In my mm-hmm. opinion, that's my take on well, it. Well, no, you know, who comes to mind is a Damien Amalekai. So he went out to serve. That guy was, yeah, that was a choice to live. Absolutely. It wasn't a choice to go. I'm going to go and I'm going to get sick. I'm going to die. He said, no, I'm going to go live and I'm going to live for the Lord and I'm going to serve these people. Yeah, I'm going to live with these people. I'm going to live in community. I'm going to touch them and care for them mm-hmm. and, you know, be with them. And that's how he contracted leprosy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like his, his ad, the admonition was you, his bishop or his superior, I think, said, do, you know, whatever you do, do not make physical contact with these people. And, it, and of course, I'm sure it came down to him saying, well, how am I supposed to anoint them? If I don't, as part of the sacramental anointing, how am I supposed to do that without actually touching them? And then, right. of course, I'm sure he probably, I don't know, I wasn't there, but I'm guessing he probably like, you know, toyed around with the idea of how do I do this without actually touching them. And eventually he's probably just like, you know what? This is silly. I've got to do this. Now, I've also heard, by the way, little historical note. I've also heard that historically in the church, I think it's probably like the previous instructions on priesthood in the canon laws. Um, do say that that priests are obligated. This was an old. This was an old rule. If, I, if I'm if I've understood correctly, the priests were obligated in the old days, like Damien and Malachi's days, to administer the sacraments authentically, even even if that might cause them personally their own death. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing that was kind of the the old, you know, the kind of the old way of doing things that was, you know, that Damien and Malachi was operating under when he took some of those chances. But of course, he had gotten a dispensation, you know, to you know because of his unique situation. But but um, I, I tell you, his decision to go there was a decision for life, mm-hmm. and not only that, because being a person of such great faith, even should he die, you know, he did what he did with the goal of not surviving here, but living yeah. eternally with the Lord, right? Well, not so. to mention how much richer it would have been to live with those people regardless of their illness, to be one with them. It's, you know, Jesus coming and being incarnate amongst us, right? It's, he could have just stayed up in heaven. Right. It would have been easier. It would right. have been more glorious for him to stay up in heaven. Now, than talk, to come about, here. talk about descending and, and hanging out yeah. with, with diseased people. Yeah. That's us, right? So but, but here's the Lord, God who is perfect absolutely. coming to dwell with these humans that are so flawed and, and diseased in, in many ways, spiritually and physically, mentally, emotionally, you know, it's a richer life. And if you would have asked St. Damien Molokai, um, Hey, if you, would you rather have 20 more years of healthy life and not be integrated amongst these lepers? Or would you rather have that shortened life and live amongst these lepers contracting the disease? I'm sure every time he would have chosen the latter. You know, and by the way, today we're celebrating the feast day of uh, Elizabeth of Hungary. Mm-hmm. You know, she was married to the king of Hungary right. and who was a very wealthy man. Uh, after his death, she used all, you know, his money, uh, their wealth to serve the poor. They had, I guess, multiple castles. One she transformed into a hospital and she spent her life 
living with and serving the poor. Yeah. And for her, that was real living. I mean, she could have chose, you know, she's the wife, the widow of the king. She has all this money. She could have lived lavishly, you know. Think that's about true. it. But her idea was, no, this isn't, that's not living. Living is living, you know, and, and living for the Lord. That's for her, Elizabeth. Uh, and also uh, um, Margaret of Scotland, who was yesterday, same thing, right? Uh, their idea of living was living for the Lord. Yeah. Which meant giving up so much, but that's where they found their joy, you know? Oh yeah, totally. No, I would agree. That's, um, that is exactly where they found their joy. And I think that's true about life. Like, um, you know, unless you're sharing it with the, the rest of humanity and of course sharing in this, in this exchange of love, despite the, the difficulties, despite the struggles, despite the, the challenges, you know, I mean, that's, that's the meat of life. I think we all try to, it's this delicate balance because we're wired to, I think, aim for some kind of pristine, pure life that's devoid of suffering and pain and all that. And yet that's where the richest experiences come from, mm-hmm. in my opinion. You right. know what I mean, like, in, and they're unavoidable ultimately. Yeah. Death, so suffering. Uh, I mentioned uh, a, a few minutes ago, uh, I started to, to mention Miller, Miller beer. Remember their old slogan? You only go around once in life, grab all the gusto you can. Hmm. Which, you know, means drink a lot of beer between now and your price. <laughs> but that's not. But you know what? You can kind of twist that to fit what we're talking about, right? Yeah, no, totally. Right? I, I think Don't you're waste right. it. Um, you know, the, the young kids, I think, were trying to get... I think the young generations were trying to, after that same concept with their um, acronym YOLO, you only live once. And so, you know, I think that's what they were trying to get after with that. Because it fell, it falls a little short. Ultimately, in a more modern secular concept, because mm-hmm. I always tell these kids, "You're like, you know, I'm going to go do this crazy, wild, dangerous thing because you only live once." And I'm like, well, "Yeah, you only die once too." So that's true. <laughs> you can't, you can't exactly take those kinds of risks. You can't, you can't take foolish risks that might, you know, put right. you in danger of death. But you know, but yeah, you should uh, be motivated to. Uh, get out of your comfort zone. In fact, that was just um, that was just one of the uh, Pope's messages recently. In fact, I was reading on the internet. Um, he was saying, uh, "Don't be." He was the words that they were translating from um, whatever it was that he was speaking Italian or Spanish or something. The tr- the English translation was, "Be a rule breaker." <laughs> now that doesn't come off very well. I know, well. I know. You know, but are we talking about our current pope? Yes, Pope Francis. Yeah, but but yeah. I think that, you know, like it's giving him the benefit of the doubt, which is what we do in charity, right? Um, well, I think he was saying, more for, didn't he say make a mess? He, he, his well, message he made, to the young people was make a mess. Back, yeah, way back at the beginning, he said make a mess. Go into, you know, go out in the world, make messes. He's got a point. I mean, in other words, you, you can't. Like it was always told to me by one of my bosses, unless you're making mistakes. You're not, you're not really learning. doing anything. You're not you're doing not anything. Well, you're not even doing anything. I mean, like you have to be doing something in order to make a mistake. If you never make a mistake, it might mean that you're never actually doing anything. Same thing with this rule breaking that, you know, more recently, this past, this, this past week, the Pope was saying this and his point was, um, don't, in other words, don't stay inside your home, locked up, pristine and pure, you know, clutching all your holy things and never having an impact on your world. And I think, you know, it, it actually 
I don't know, it could be read a number of different ways. It could be actually read as something of a challenge to even sometimes government authority, in my opinion. If you read it right, it could be a challenge to government authority that says you shall not do this, you shall not do that, you know. And yet, because Christians are supposed to be bold, Christians are supposed to be the kind of people that go out, live life, they don't live in fear, they might end up breaking, quote unquote, some rules, but that's in order to accomplish God's love in, you know, on the earth right. and, and sacrifice, you know, we yeah. cannot say enough for sacrifice. You know, I, I mentioned it earlier in this podcast when I was reviewing the gospel about the talents, how the Lord gives us gifts, you know, and, um, you know, it's been my reflection the past few days, you know, a person can, can brag and boast about being Catholic and belongs to the Knights of Columbus and prayer group and Bible study and all of this and is pro-life, Right. But uh, we'll see uh, a neighbor in need and turn a blind eye to it. Okay, well, that's how is that being a Christian, right? So mm-hmm. we got to be we got to be people of sacrifice. We see people in need, we help them out. We have to be there for them because it's not enough to just sit back and yeah, I went to mass today and I'm a pro lifer. Well, great, you know, we all need to be pro life, but at the same time, we need to to do. There's a great uh, one of the great. Um, uh, comments from Mother Teresa had to do just with that, you know, preaching the gospel. We cannot just use words. We have to do. We have to do, not just say. You know, I'm paraphrasing her, of course, right? Right. So we just can't be. You know, words are cheap, right? Now go out and prove. And in that Saint James, right? In that Saint James, uh, faith without works is just dead. Yeah. No. It's um. It's uh the book of James, mm-hmm. chapter two. Mm-hmm. So we got work to do and let's be yeah. bold and let's not be lazy and let's go out there and do it. And all right, we get beat up. Oh, that's all right. You know, yeah. All and, right. I, and it's, it's not about taking foolish chances. Don't don't get us wrong here, but it is about uh, maybe getting a little bit out of your comfort zone and just, yeah. you know, remembering that you don't have a whole lot of time here on this earth and it's not worth savoring or hanging on to whatever, you know, appearances that you might think that you're desperate to hold on to. It's about living your life in a certain kind of trust of the Lord and that things will work out. Cause you know, you look, if you live long enough in life, you realize they right. do. They do. Yep. Okay. So do you have a McB minute? I don't have a McB minute. This, okay. This but week. Uh, what is the other game that we're playing these days? Joe's the, juxtapositions. Yeah. Let's do one of those. Shall we? Well, I don't even have any. Well, of those. I got, I got some stuff. Oh, you have some. Yeah. So these aren't Joe's juxtapositions. These will be father Scott's juxtapositions. Yeah, that's right. Okay. okay let's try it out. All right. So you, I'm going to give you a movie. You tell me, this is multiple part movies, okay? Okay. All right. So uh, let's start with uh, let's start with this one. Let's and I know you hate this film, so I don't know why I'm even asking you. Exorcist one, two, or three. <laughs> and I'm oh. gonna just pick number one because two was terrible and three was even worse. I would say I haven't seen two or three because the first one was enough, and it was very Hollywoodized and so forth. But. Um, yeah, it's a classic. I don't know. It's one of those things. I do we do we did we need to make that movie? I don't know. But it is a classic. We watched it every year in every, seminary. Oh, really? We'd pile in not not the professor. Oh, I was gonna it. say as part of a oh, class. We would we would pile into somebody's room with a bunch of beer and uh, we'd watch shoot. it. You guys are twisted. Wow. Hey, ready? Godfather one, two or three. I did not remember the Godfather movies very well because they were coming out at a time when I was growing up and my parents didn't let me watch R-rated movies. I think the second one is the one that I appreciated more. Yeah, the second is great. 
The first one's good. The second one is the bomb. I should say I appreciated it more once I got to see it. Mm-hmm. The third one's goofy. Yeah, that's what that's kind of what it was. My, yeah, my because I didn't spend a lot of time with Godfather movies, but the first one was a classic. It opened up the franchise. Second one, they kind of refined the storyline, and then the third one just ended up being a little bit of a goofy. Okay, so a uh, a little sub category to this one: Al Pacino or Robert De Niro. Well, as an actor doing their craft, um, I would say uh, definitely Robert De Niro. Okay. What did you say? Uh, well, I would say... Uh, I don't know. No, I'm going to... Honestly, Al yeah, Pacino... Yeah, I love both of them. Robert De Niro, I think, is a little... I think he's a little more talented than Al Pacino, but they're both amazing. Yeah, but I, I think Al Pacino, man, is a great actor. But, you know, and... Listen, I'm not uh, with De Niro. His politics and mine don't drive, right. but he's a great actor. And, um, yeah, that's a tough one for me, but I think Pacino has the edge. Okay. All right. Okay, here we go. Rocky, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, or eleven. Don't be ridiculous. There's not that many. <laughs> I think there's four. Is there four? Mm-hmm. The last one was pretty good. When he's an old man, Renekin makes a big comeback. It's not mm-hmm, a bad film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Rocky One is a great film. Yeah, I think the the first one is the classic. Okay. All right. Uh, now this one's uh, I don't know if you even saw this Ace Ventura Pet Detective one <laughs> or two. I saw the first one. Yeah, it's it was funny. funny. It's funny. That dude's career is in the toilet. Uh, what happened to him? Yeah, I don't know where he went. It's 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 uh, yeah. Jim he's, Carrey. He's yeah, he's still he's, he's still a very well respected person in Hollywood, but he he's got like this weird exotic side to him, and yeah. so he you know he shows up every once in a while in the media in an exotic way. But uh, yeah, no, he was he was man. Talk about coming onto the scene and changing the game of comedy movies. Yeah. Okay, and lastly, and this is a horror film, all right, the original Night of the Living Dead or one of the five dozen remakes. I've never seen any of that. Cause really, the original is so awesome. Black and White from 1970, it's awesome film. Not a fan of any of those horror films. I know. I don't know why. Well, my know? parents, you know, and then, of course, I had just an, a natural inclination against them. This was never anything that I really appreciated. But it's I always fun. found I them. I always up, found them dark. Not even, not even like the old, uh, you know, nineteen twenty uh, Frankenstein, or yeah, you know, or the 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 uh, Wolfman, or uh, I've Dracula. Always, I've or, actually always struggled. I have to be honest. Um, when I was yeah, ever since I was young, as far back as I can remember, I always struggled to understand the attraction. It's, I think it's, it was repugnant uh, to me. It was always repugnant. Now, I think that's it's just the because, way I'm wired. I think it's because we have this natural inclination to the supernatural. Oh, sure. I'm sure that. And also this like primeval, you know, Freudian type of deep seated like uh, interest in that which scares us and the the the, um, the phenomenon of fear, etc. But yeah, for me, those movies just always just kind of ring dark and it, the dark side was never something that I was attracted to as ironic as that might be. Well, <laughs> we just thought it was fun. Oh yeah. No, I no doubt many people that was, that's the whole shtick, right? That's what people enjoy about those things. But yeah, never been my flavor. Never been my flavor of chewing gum. Of now, course that might've been also kind of like tailored into me by my parents, my mom specifically. She was a very good guardian. Um, and she was very, yeah, she was very, um, 
diligent about protecting her children from that which they shouldn't see before they were of a particular age. Well, see, my parents, too. But see, I had uh, I had a sister who is, Mm -hmm. uh, let's see, six, uh, ten years older than me. Mm -hmm. All right. So when I was in the, uh, let's see, kindergarten, she took me to see Night of the Living Dead. Yep. Yep. I, I didn't sleep for a week. That's probably what happens, man. You get those older siblings who are just rascals. Hey, listen, uh, shall we do... Do you have a... Uh, speaking of flavor, which you mentioned a minute ago, yeah. so do you have anything? Uh, for a tobacco review? Yes. I... It's tobacco time. You like to smoke cigars! Tobacco don't, time, everybody. Don't know uh, if I have anything new to review, actually. Um, I'm thinking. I actually smoked... The only thing I could think of that I smoked recently was another Milano. It's been a while. Okay. And yeah, I'll, I'll always like those cigars. All right. I smoked a cigar I have never smoked. It was a gift from Lonnie Rakes. Uh-huh. The Monte Cristo, uh, I believe it's the Afrique, A-F-R-I-Q-U-E. Okay. I'm guessing. Does this okay. sound good? Close enough? Sure. Okay. It's a Maduro and it's a little fatty. It's a six by 60. Okay. And uh, so 60, ring, that's pretty fat. And uh, so dark skin, so I lit it up, and, uh, you know, it's a Maduro, so you expect a bite to it. This thing was did have a bite, but a pleasant bite, very buttery, you know, so I have to fill in for Will when he's... So it's buttery, and this is one of those cigars that uh, the burn was very nice, and it kept getting better. You know how cigars, sometimes you get halfway through and they get bitter? Yeah. So this wasn't bitter. It got better as I burned along. Better, so, not bitter. You know, they got better, not bitter. Okay. And um, I enjoyed it, and I highly recommend the Monte Cristo Afrique. So, um, Af- yeah. Afrique? 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 Or Afrique? So Afrique, maybe? So Afrique? Who, who, who are we shouting out for giving this to you? Lonnie Rakes. Oh, that's very good. Yeah. And um, so it was beautiful, 6 by 60 Nice. And uh, so I lit it up. He said, he told me, he's like, you're going to love this cigar. And so I lit it up. And uh, and you liked it. Very good, yeah. I like those cigars that, uh, you know, they have a bite to them, but they're not bitter. And that thing was buttery. Wow. So I enjoyed it. You yeah. Know? And no bitter aftertaste, but a better aftertaste. Yeah, that's great. You know? That's wonderful. Well, I, yeah, I'll look forward to looking out for... Uh, Mm-hmm. For that cigar, wherever we can find it. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, let's have a, you know, we should do is also have a chewing gum review for what you chew after you smoke the cigar, you know, so you don't have to I brush don't, your teeth. You know, it's funny. I don't even smoke or I don't even smoke. <laughs> I don't even chew, chew chewing gum anymore. Really? Why? Yeah, I don't know. I just kind of got tired of it. Really? Yeah, I don't even chew chewing gum anymore. I really? used to chew it a lot. They don't chew it anymore. I'll tell you my, my favorite, um, when I when I stopped chewing it a while back, um, I... Really liked all those number the number five Wrigley's five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess the, the the series of flavors called Wrigley's five. Mm-hmm. They were longer lasting flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what gum's really good? Chiclets. You remember the zebra gum? You remember mm-hmm. zebra gum? Do zebra. they still make zebra gum? Juicy fruit, zebra, double mint. Yeah, yeah. Spearmint. Well, uh, let's see. There was the Wrigley's. There was uh, and then the bubble Big gum. Red. There was bazooka. Bazooka bubble gum. Double hubba, bubble. Hubba bubba. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, big wad yeah, chew. Are, hey, when I was a kid. That's they probably had, why I don't chew gum anymore. When I was a kid, they had big wad chew. Big wad chew. They do big league chew now. Yeah, big league chew. They got the big league chew. It's funny. It comes in like a little pouch like tobacco would yeah. for baseball players. Mm-hmm. And here, the, and in fact, a lot of baseball players don't chew tobacco anymore. 
because they they value their careers, their multi million dollars careers. So they actually a lot of times you'll see them. They'll have chew a gum. big league chew. Yeah, yeah. they'll literally have yeah. it. But hey, kids! Uh, so and dive into that big league chew because yeah. and and enjoy it because when you get to my age, uh, you're gonna have to have just like me the dentures. No, <laughs> but a root canal. Yeah, I had a root true. canal. Now I have to get a crown. Yikes! Yeah, yeah, it's part of our bodies aren't made to last forever. Yeah, all those True. old fillings, that, because mom just had a, you know, the, our dinner was, you know, it's just a steady diet of Eskimo pie. Yeah. You know, we get off of school, all the kids came to my house because we had a big freezer full of Eskimo pie. So we would just go to town, and, and, and you know what, it all catches up to you. Yeah. Because I have all these, you know, fillings and stuff. Well, now that I'm, like, over 50, now they're starting to break apart, and, yeah, you know, and so... Right on. It all catches up to you. It does. Hey, do we have any shout outs? I don't know if we have any shout outs beyond the ones we've already done. Wow. Oh, Dion and Nicole had their baby. What number is it for them? Three. Oh, and nice. it's a, it's a, a boy. Well, shout so two out. girls and now a boy. Now a boy. Now Dion gets to be blessed with a boy. Well, mm-hmm. shout out to the Duenas. Mm-hmm. Duenas. Did you hear about that lady, that, uh, that couple family. they have? Uh, I think they have like 14 kids, 13 kids. Well, I've heard all people... girls, and now they just had a boy. Really? Mm-hmm. I, was that a news article? Yeah. Oh. National news? Yeah, I hadn't seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I hadn't seen it. Because um, oh, you don't watch the news. No, I don't watch the news anymore. I don't, it's, it's not worth it. It's really it's too too depressing. Oh, it's just and it's so goofy and silly. Yeah. I don't watch the news. You can't trust the, the, the local news. Like, you can't uh, trust them anymore. Nope. No trustworthy source of information. Well, listen, we have to go because we have some cigars to smoke. Yes, we do. We actually do have to go smoke. In fact, with uh, Lonnie, with our friend Lonnie Riggs. Mm -hmm. And Armando's coming by. Oh, good. And I think maybe Mr. Shannon's coming. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Okay. Now I mentioned the churches are open. Okay. Mm -hmm. So 75, I already did the thing. So at the top of this, you know, we're allowed only 75 people per mass, but I'm going to add a mass hopefully to accommodate everybody. So, yeah. Oh, it's just, it's just, uh, and I don't know what to do for Christmas. I have no idea. Yeah. So are you going to do anything for Thanksgiving? I know it's a little early, but anything special you mean? Are you just going to throw in a Mrs. Smith there in the little microwave? Yeah, I'll probably get the turkey surprise from Banquet. Yeah, frozen yep, right. foods. Yep. I uh, no, I don't. I hadn't planned on it because you know, there's again, if, it's, if it were up to me, I you know it wouldn't be bothering me to have a big old Thanksgiving banquet. But you know, I've got to respect other mm-hmm. people's programs. So as a result, then I'll probably be staying uh, in my own confines and probably not really sharing mm-hmm. much time with that many people. Um, mm-hmm. I might see, you know, some people that I see on a regular basis. Well, here's, you know, here's my that's deal. About it. I can skip the whole Thanksgiving dinner, big thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. okay. What I love, what I love football, watching football. Okay. Mm-hmm. And eating the Turkey sandwich. Yeah. You mentioned that before. I think you mentioned that last year. You liked leftover sandwiches. Oh, just with lettuce and mayo and just, yeah. you know, be by myself, watch the game, yell and scream. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. my thing. That's my you. thing. Yeah, those are those are nice American memories. So happy sure. feast day of Christ the King this weekend, friends. And uh, we'll be back next week with yet another fabulous edition of Holy Smokes Catholic Review. Amen. Finding someone on an online Catholic dating site shouldn't be like shopping for a blender. So why do most dating sites leave you feeling like you're shopping for a spouse? 
At Catholic Singles, we connect members through our unique user polls and activities, which help you discover other members and their personalities and interests. Because you're a person, not a profile picture. So stop shopping and start discerning. Trust your love story to the original Catholic dating site and use the promo code BREADBOX at checkout for 20% off at catholicsingles.com. 